the interludes we bring you all the news all, all, all the news the The U, the R, the V, the A, the N, the I, the N, the T is Urban. Hold up. Hey, everybody. You're back with another episode of the Urban Interlude. As you can see, we've moved. This is a weekend, and I just started a new job at a major, major bank. So my week, my weeks are booked between my weight loss journey and my new position, I had to move the podcast to weekends, and I'm sure everyone will enjoy that because you can listen to it during your Sunday cleaning. So instead of being a midweek show, we are now a This Week in Pop Culture show, which I really, really like. Um, this has been a tremendous week for pop culture. I've been following pop culture since I was born. Maybe like 10 plus years I've been following pop culture. I've been everyone's go-to for pop culture. And this has been one of the most eventful weeks I can remember ever. Probably, you know, since the Super Bowl with Janet. This has been an eventful week. So let's start with the congrats of the week. Cardi B, congratulations, girl. Cardi is having an amazing week. I am in love with Cardi. I love her so much. Belkhalis Almanzar. She announced her pregnancy on Saturday Night Live. And she released her album, Invasion of Privacy. Now, Cardi's having a long week, y'all, so we gotta break this down. As far as her pregnancy announcement, I know a lot of y'all like the shade, the queen, Wendy Williams, but she announced that Cardi B was going to announce her pregnancy on Saturday Night Live on the Wendy Williams show the day before. So, I was already expecting the pregnancy announcement, and like a lot of Wendy's news, it came true. Now, Wendy had a fan on her show also a few weeks before, that let us know that Cardi B was pregnant. And a lot of people were saying that they didn't believe the fan because she was talking in a way that was coded or awkward. I think that it's because she signed a non-disclosure. Like Beyonce says. We will get into some Beyonce comments later because Beachella happened last night. Also, <laughs> Cardi B has released her album Invasion of Privacy. I absolutely love her album. I love Cardi B. I think that... Um, she did a good job by including some melodic songs, some songs that you can really jam to. Um, I love Invasion of Privacy. I thought that the album cover was very Missy Elliott 1990s. And I think that the title is a good predictor for what's going to happen the next couple months with, you know, her privacy. It's obviously going to be invaded because she's used to being an Instagram celebrity and being an Instagram celebrity and a mainstream celebrity are totally different things. Cardi has really risen in the ranks and I'm super, super proud of her. But I do think that it's going to be a challenge for her. I watched her Breakfast Club interview this week. Shout out to my friends at Breakfast Club who I truly, truly love and adore. I go to them for a lot of news. Um, and she was just talking about how it's been super hard for her to go from being this Bronx girl to being this Hollywood starlet. So I'm going to be seeing how, you know, we're going to be covering how Cardi B handles this new fame and how she really goes through the perils of life and celebrity. I have one gripe though with Cardi B hiding her pregnancy. We all knew and we all knew when Kylie was pregnant. And I think that this new trend of celebrities hiding and shielding their pregnancies is having the opposite effect because transparency takes away curiosity and curiosity is what really makes people interesting and makes the paparazzi chase them. That exclusivity factor is the reason why Beyonce doesn't tell us a lot or we don't see her a lot or we don't see the inside of her home or we don't see her kids. 
And Beyonce's even said that she has to maintain some level of mystery in order to maintain being interesting. And I think that these celebrities that are hiding their pregnancy don't even realize that they're adding that level of mystery that's going to make the paparazzi hide in your bushes. It's going to make the paparazzi want the first pictures of your baby when you hide the child. And um, I feel like they should just say that they're pregnant because when celebrities say that they are pregnant, same for Kylie Jenner, same for Cardi B. You announce your pregnancy and 48 hours later, no one's really talking about it. Social media's had its fill. You will have people know what's going on with you. And really no one cares except for the maternity outfits that you wear. And the only time that you really have to be on extra high alert with fans is after the baby's born before you release the first picture and you release the baby's name. That's when people's curiosity is going to peak again. So there's going to be a madhouse of paparazzi. I say that to say, celebrities, just tell us when y'all pregnant. We honestly just stalk y'all for the confirm anyway. So just confirm your pregnancy and go on with your life, girl. Period. So Cardi B, again, congratulations. And I am super excited for this baby name because when your name is Belle Calise and your sister's name is Hennessy, and your boyfriend's name is, I don't even know his real name, but his nickname is Offset. I wouldn't be surprised if she did name the baby Offset, seeing as though Sierra named the baby Future after his father's rap name, Future. So we definitely need to be looking out for this pregnancy announcement. Also, it's so much going on with Cardi B that I couldn't even remember to make this congratulations. Another congrats of the week for Cardi B. She's getting her own line with Fashion Nova. Wow, that's super big because I know it's going to sell amazing. It's so like Cardi B and so true to her brands to have a line with Fashion Nova. I'm sure Cardi B, Cardi B could have a shoe line with Manolo Blahnik. Manolo Blahnik has worked with Rihanna in the past. I'm, I'm sure she could have a line with Giuseppe Zanotti, Giuseppe Zanotti or however you, know, you want to say it. Some girls say Giuseppe, some girls say Giuseppe. I'm a Giuseppe girl, but I was trying to be more relatable. Um, <laughs> you know, Giuseppe Zanotti and Nicki Minaj had beef because Giuseppe is a very, um, low-key urban ears to the streets designer. So I'm sure that Cardi B could have had a, um, European fashion type of collab, but she kept it at everyday prices that people can afford. And she talked about that on the breakfast club and you know what? I really enjoyed it and I love it. Congratulations, Cardi B. We love you, and TUI will always cover Cardi B stories. Bring the alarm, honey, because Nicki Minaj is back. Nicki Minaj released a couple singles on Thursday, one of them being Chun-Li. Nicki Minaj notoriously has been missing from social media, and earlier in the year, she actually broke her social media absence by posting an advertisement, and I'm sure that she got paid way over her regular advertising rates because they knew people was gonna flock to her page the moment they seen a notification even pop up it didn't even matter what it was so people really miss Nicki Minaj welcome back Nicki that being said I like to be super super I give my opinions but I'm objective at the same time when it comes to celebrity because celebrities because I love a lot of celebrities so if I don't tell the truth about them y'all ain't gonna listen when it comes to Nicki Minaj's singles, I wasn't impressed. It's not that her singles aren't good, they just seem copy and pasted. And that's something that I really, really, really hate about Nicki's music lately. And I've been letting, you know, people around me know and just talking to them about what they feel has been going on with Nicki. Now, a lot of Nicki Minaj's verses are always sexual. They're always overly sexual. They're always about cookies. When you talk about Little Kim, Little Kim was a sex symbol. Even in Little Kim's songs, Lighters Up, she tells you, I'm the biggest sex symbol since Janet. What she was selling was this a salaciousness and a, a, a sensualness and sometimes overt sexual nature. And that's what made Little Kim a pioneer. But what made Little Kim a legend was the fact that she didn't have to always talk about sex. And even when she did, and when she didn't, her lyrics were on point. I feel like with Nicki Minaj, a lot of her songs, especially her features, her features are where the problem lies. She talks about sex 
and her cookies entirely too much. And if you're going to be an artist that sells sex, you have to sell the story around it. You can't just sell sex because that's boring. So when you look at Nicki Minaj's features, it looks like she, if they sound like she just goes into the studio on Monday, records five different verses about her cookies, and then hands them out. The artists put them on their songs, claim a Nicki Minaj feature, and that's it. When you look at songs like Monster, Monster was Nicki Minaj's most raved about verse of her entire career. That's what set Nicki Minaj apart. Monster was an amazing pull up in the automobile with a bat that come from Sri Lanka. I mean, it was still Nicki Minaj. It was still very sexy, but the lyrical composition was amazing. Now, I feel like Nicki Minaj knew to bring it and she knew to customize that verse because she was going to be on a song with Jay-Z and with... um with Jay-Z and with Kanye West. And now when you look at her most recent features, you look at motorsport. Nicki Minaj killed motorsport because I felt like she knew she was gonna be on the song with the Migos who are extremely hot right now, but more so with who a lot of people wanna be her rap enemy, Cardi B. I want Nicki Minaj to bring it no matter whose company she's in, whether she's doing a feature for YG or she's doing a feature for Yo Gotti. I want her to go in there and customize those songs. There is more, um, being someone who studied for pop, pop culture for a long time, I know that when the iron's hot, you need to shrink. But there is more to say about quality than quantity with a lot of fans and a lot of people who are true, true, true um, pop culture professionals, as I like to call myself. So Nicki Minaj actually went and she did an in-studio interview. And in her interview, she talked about how Cardi B actually hurt her feelings when it came to motorsport. She said that if she had a chance to be on a song with a rapper at the time that was as big as her, and that rapper actually be on a feature with her, she would have sung their praises. And she was hurt that Cardi B didn't really say anything positive about her. And she was Nicki Minaj was actually crying during this interview. Now, I think that Nicki was brave for doing that because I feel like a lot of people want women in the industry, especially black women, to be pitted against each other. And they want black women to express anger only when it comes to each other not hurtfulness not um not vulnerability so i thought that nikki was actually very brave for going on there and crying and just bearing it all now would cardi b meet her halfway i don't know all this week nikki minaj has been out with quavo she's been talking about quavo and i honestly feel like dating quavo would be bigger for nikki minaj's career than these singles and i'll tell you why when Kim Kardashian and Kanye West got together and Beyonce and Jay-Z, you know, they, they've been together. Jay-Z and Kanye West are best friends. People know that Beyonce don't really fool with Kim like that. When you look at how Offset and Quavo are best friends and you look at how Cardi B and Nicki Minaj, whether they don't really like each other, they haven't really been on the same page lately, it mirrors that situation. So where people would obviously take pictures of Kim Kardashian or Beyonce if they were at an award show. Them being at an award show on opposite sides of their men and you knowing that they don't really like each other. Those pictures of Beyonce in that yellow dress and Kim in her white dress have been used for years after the BET Awards when both have been spotted out multiple times since then just because people want to analyze every single movement, side eye, and you know, that's good business for them. That's good business for them. And I feel like having Nicki Minaj and Cardi B sit on opposite sides of Offset and of Quavo is going to have the same effect. It's going to take their um, public images and how much people talk about them and catapult it. I just feel like Nicki Minaj and Cardi B, if they're going to have B, if they're going to make us choose, make us choose as a media tool don't make us choose because y'all really hate each other because y'all don't hate each other and y'all don't need to if you're going to do anything i think that they should do what kanye west and what 50 cent did 
when they put their albums up against each other and they had a friendly war instead of doing things apart and, and going against each other Kanye and 50 actually got together back in the day they went on their social outlets together they went on their promo tours together and it was let's see who can sell the most records let's see who can do um better and although Kanye won 50 Cent got a major boost in his sales because of it and Kanye even got a major boost in his sales because of it because even people who were on the borderline about both artists they still felt like okay well I'm gonna go support this person or I'm gonna support both of them and let's see who wins and I feel like if Nicki Minaj and Cardi B got together and they did their promo tours together they did concerts together they did appearances together let's see who can outsell who in a friendly way it would be the biggest thing ever. It would be who you got, who side you on, while not being nasty and supporting both women. But I feel like, I feel like Cardi would do it. I don't think that Nicki Minaj would do it because having Cardi outsell Nicki Minaj would be embarrassing. And a lot of people feel that the pink print didn't sell as well as it should have. So having Cardi B, who's a social media starlet and a Hollywood starlet now, go up against Nicki Minaj, if she was to win, that would be too much of a blow for Nicki Minaj's ego and her team to handle. 112 and Jade Edge in the 90s were actually supposed to have the same promo structure. 112 won the beef with Jagged Edge, have an armed beef tour, and have people go crazy, it would have been pandemonium. People would have been picking the side but still supporting both, which is what I see for Cardi and Nicki Minaj. Jagged Edge and 112's tour didn't work out at all because someone in 112 forgot to tell Jagged Edge that the beef was contrived. It was fake. And that it was actually a friendly beef, a friendly wager. So I feel like the Cardi B and Nicki Minaj beef can work out stupendously for both of their careers but it has to be done the right way and I don't think that they have people around them that know how to do that honey Cardi's team is messy like Cardi is winning but her team is messy Cardi's team promised that the Bardia Cardi video was going to come on during a VH1 special they have promo VH1 had promo calling VH1 BH1 and promising this video to fans and then Cardi goes on social media and said I don't even know who in my team said that and Nicki Minaj's team's ego would get in the way of this happening because the record label even told Nicki Minaj she had to change her motorsport verse because Nicki Minaj wasn't allowed to say Cardi's name Nicki Minaj's original motorsport verse went, if Cardi the QB, I'm Nick Lombardi. Nicki Minaj wants to be friends and allies with Cardi B so bad, but the people around them want them to have beef. There's a way to do both, and I just don't feel like it's going to happen, and I feel like that's a huge loss for pop culture. So our TV show review this week is The Real Housewives of Atlanta, like it is almost every week because RHOA is so lit. RHOA is a culture, y'all. So, let's talk about this reunion part one. <laughs> okay. So, the big news of the reunion was Kenya being pregnant. Kenya never said, I'm having a baby or I'm pregnant. She just said, me and my husband are expecting a baby later in the year. So, I don't know what she's doing. She actually tweeted um, the next day and said, there is no surrogate. So, we don't know if she's adopting or what she's doing. Either way, a baby is a baby and... Congratulations, Kenya. I reported a couple of weeks that I thought Kenya was pregnant and I thought that she confirmed it on Instagram and it turns out what I reported is true. Kenya is having a baby. Now, a lot of people were mad at Mama Joyce for meeting Portia, but I thought that Mama Joyce meeting with Portia was actually good. Seeing as though Mama Joyce has a choice history, like we talked about in previous podcasts, uh, getting in people's business and being messy to see her actually doing what I feel a 60 something or 70 something year old woman should do in being an agent of change and being pro forgiveness is a big step up for Mama Joyce because either way she's going to be on this show she likes being famous so if you're going to be on the show be on the show for good now the debate of the week was should Portia apologize to Candy again for carrying out these um, drug and rape allegations. Portia has apologized to Candy so many times. However, 
I feel that Porsche's not giving candy a real no holds barred apology. Both of them are saying and telling how much they hurt and they suffer in private. But when they get together, they put their mask back on, they put their their guard back up. And so there's no real forgiveness being lent and there's no real apology being lent. So I feel like until Portia and Candy let each other see their hearts break, how much their words hurt each other, there's never going to be any resolution between them. Also, another feud that was on the couch this week was Kenya versus Marlo. Now, Kenya and Marlo don't like each other, but I feel like Kenya and Marlo both need an opportunity and a reason to stay on the show. So, they're going to not like each other. I mean, duh. I think that Kenya should pay Marlo absolute dust because if Kenya, if Marlo doesn't have anyone to argue with, she's not going to be on the show. Marlo is a pest and she's a nuisance and I don't think that she deserves a peach at all. She barely deserves a pear. I think they should bring Peter back and give Peter a peach before they give Marlo a peach, okay? So, I think that Kenya should pay Marlo absolute dust. Now, where I think Marlo des deserved to be read for filth is for her to talk about Kenya's mother and how Kenya's mother um, basically doesn't want anything to do with Kenya. It was way too far. And that was confusing for me because those of you who watched Nene's wedding spinoff, I Dream of Nene, you've seen Marlo act the absolute fool. She had to be the center of attention. And Marlo talked about how she doesn't have the best relationship with her own parents. And I think Marlo even claimed that she was in foster care. So for you to know that pain and to talk to Kenya like that, I feel was was totally out of line and I, I think that you know Kenya and Marlo have more in common than they like to acknowledge so I feel like Kenya would come to a resolve with Marlo but Marlo's not gonna give her that until Marlo gets a peach Marlo can't afford to be friendly with too many housewives until she gets a peach if Marlo behaved the way that Cynthia behaves Marlo would no longer be a friend to the show Marlo has to bring it every single scene with somebody or something or she'll be cut and she knows that so that's why I feel, you know, Marlo and Kenya, they could be great friends one day. But until then, Kenya just needs to pay Marlo dust. Now, Sheree was reportedly let go from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Let me tell you why. Sheree's bad news about her boyfriend in jail not getting out affected her position on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. And you can't tell me that it didn't. Because if Tyrone had been coming home... That would have bought Sheree at least one more season. But now that Sheree has already shown the producers of Real Housewives of Atlanta that she's willing to come back, even when they fire her, they're going to fire her for now, bring somebody new in, if that's what they decide to do, is fire her. They're going to fire her for now, bring somebody new in, and then once Tyrone comes home, we're going to be right back in the chateau. And now a lot of people were upset with Sheree and Kim and the way Sheree handles Kim because Sheree knew at the video that Brielle took and Nene's house of the roaches existed before Kim even put it out. And people were saying that you should chastise your friends when, you know, they're wrong. I totally agree, but I also want to say when you're really best friends with someone and you're in a group of women that would clearly say to Kim, well, even Sheree doesn't agree with what you did and they will weaponize you not agreeing with your friends. Sometimes you have to read them in private. Sometimes you have to put on a united front with your best friend. You can say it was wrong, but the dragging and the correcting of them has to happen off camera. So I feel like saying that Sheree doesn't correct her friend may not be true. Sheree just may be correcting her friend in private. Her friend being the wig, Kim. Now, it gets really interesting because tonight, Kim is coming on the couch. And of course, all the other girls are going to drag her. But there's rumors that Kim was actually let go. And at this point, I'm not even going to say rumors because Kim says she's done with the show. And Andy Cohen, being the shade king that he is, came out and he said, I have seen the last of that wig. Kim... There's a lot of people to piss off at Bravo. Andy Cohen is not one of them. So, apparently we've seen the last of that wig, but you haven't heard the last of me reviewing The Real Housewives of Atlanta. So, next weekend, 
We will be reviewing part two of the reunion, which premieres tonight at 8 p.m. on Bravo. This week's So Lit Award, hands down, goes to Black Panther by Ryan Coogler. Black Panther is amazing, of course, but this week it made history, not just in sales, but in Saudi Arabia. Black Panther is the first film in decades and decades and decades to be to be shown in theaters in Saudi Arabia. It helped break the theater ban. Now, Saudi Arabia is a is a country that, when it comes to media, the freedom of speech really doesn't exist. They have been having some groundbreaking moments, though. I actually seen the movie Wanja, which is a film that was done and shot actually in Saudi Arabia, which is amazing, by a female director. It's a story of a young girl that wants a bike, but how women weren't allowed to drive in Saudi Arabia for a very, very long time. She wasn't allowed to have a bike because it represented mobility and freedom for women. Also... Having a bike may have broken her hymen, which would compromise her virginity, which is a big no-no in Saudi Arabia. So to have Black Panther follow such a groundbreaking film as Waja and go in there and break the theater band with an African-American film with African-American characters and um, African culture, African influence, a black director... I mean, it's amazing. And I will be re reviewing Infinity War. Black people that went to go see T'Challa, even if you're not a Marvel fan, please go see Infinity War just to show them that black people are not letting up. Have these black people in every movie. And I'd like to thank Saudi Arabia for breaking their theater ban with our film. And when I say our, I mean black people's film. Black Panther, because it just shows that black movies are not just for black people. Black movies are the imitation of life and they should be shown everywhere. So the Soul Lit Award, the Black People Soul Lit Award, the Black People Award, hell, the Black Award goes to Black Panther. Oh, oh, oh. So next, we're going to be reviewing, I know y'all hear me like snapping, singing, humming, and all this type of stuff, but y'all don't understand, I love doing this show. I love coming to talk on the microphone and get y'all feedback. I absolutely love it. But anyway, so the next thing we're going to talk about is Tiana and Iman. I told y'all I would be watching Tiana and Iman. It's been three episodes so far, and I've watched them all, and I've gave them three chances um, to really make an impression on me with their show. So this is my review thus far. One, Iman is so fine. I never knew how cute Iman was because he doesn't really photograph well, but on his show, just his height, his build, he's so cute. He's so fine. Tiana, her body is banging. I love how she's giving her vulnerable self. You know, Tiana's always been a tomboy, but on this show, she's not trying to be anything other than herself. I love how their confessionals are not just separate. Um, they are, you know, them together, sitting at the foot of their bed, talking about what's going on in the show. So I really enjoyed that. However, the show needs more characters. So on the show, you have Tiana, Iman, Junie. And then Tiana's mom comes on the show every once in a while. Iman's dad comes on the show every once in a while. But other than that, they don't really have any characters. When you compare Tiana and Iman to other great black family sh reality shows, Snoop Dogg's um, Fatherhood. If you ain't watched that, you ain't been living. Snoop Dogg's Fatherhood runs house by far by leaps and bounds the most positive depiction of black family life and most realistic depiction of black family life on tv ever they had the best black show ever and it was real okay when you compare snoop dogg's from the hood brun's house coolio and his kids ti and tiny the family hustle they have a lot of children. Their children are older and they have various age ranges. 
in Run's house, for example, you could be in the episode, you could be looking at what Rev Run and Justine are doing. You could be looking at what Diggy's doing. When Rusty was breaking his Game Boys, you're looking with him. You're going with Angela and Vanessa. One of them is dating Bow Wow. One of them is doing this. One of them is doing that. Vanessa's doing her modeling. They want to have a shoe company. Well, when it comes to Tiana and Iman, they don't have those opportunities because their child is young. They have one child. That's it. And Junie's cute, but Junie can't have her own storyline. It just, a lot of the time their show is them narrating Junie growing up. And if that's the case, it should have been called Raising Junie. Because that's all we're really getting to see. And when you look at the recipe for a successful black show, you'll find that there's someone who is a friend to the show who really sets the whole thing off. When you look at T.I. and Tiny, you have the kids of the various ages, the couple, and then you have Shekana. Shekana was a insurmountable asset to their show. So, in order for Tiana and Iman to continue to be successful, they can't get any more older kids. But they need to get a friend to the show, and those friends to the show need to have kids. They need to really make this an ensemble cast because just those three, they're not going to do it. I promise you, they're not going to come back. It's not going to be something that people want to watch week over week. I only watched those three weeks because I wanted to have an opinion for y'all. I think that um, they need a friend to the show. They need an ensemble cast. And those friends to the show need to be celebrities. When we watch Lala's four court, four court, four, mm, ooh, y'all. When we watch Lala's Four Court Life, her having Kelly Rowland come stay at her house or hanging out with this celebrity and that celebrity or having Charlemagne over at her apartment and them just kicking and, and kicking it and laughing. Those were moments that we look for too. So Tiana needs to have someone like Dave East come on, hang with her and the kids. Dave East bring his, you know, a date, bring his daughter. That's what's going to make the show successful. They need to have kids of various ages celebrities and they need to have celebrity friends or a friend to the show that's hilarious hilarious enough to become a celebrity off the show so Tiana Niman all in all I was excited for y'all but I give the show a 6 out of 10 and I hope that you know if you all get a season 2 it's much better than this cause this ain't it I would love to give a big shout out to Ashanti, the princess of hip hop and R&B, honey. She released her new video, Say Less. Y'all, I knew I had to let make y'all watch it. She killed it. It has a storyline, a plot. She looks good. The song is banging. She's not doing too much. She's not doing too little. Ashanti looks amazing. So big shout out to Ashanti in this Say Less video. If you run this and take it, I'm definitely going to support you and keep talking about you on the podcast. Ashanti, don't let this moment go. Ashanti and Sierra have the same problem. They come out with a good song every once in a while and they don't keep the momentum. Ashanti, keep this momentum and keep it going because that video is hands down amazing. So shout out to Ashanti for her new music of the week. Shout out to Cardi for her new music of the week, which we discussed. Shout out to Tony Braxton for coming out with her new singles. I love her new um, video, Long As I Live, which premiered during Braxton Family Values. Go check that out. Um, it actually has Tamar and Tawanda in it. So it's amazing. Go ahead and check out the new music of the week. My sit down award this week goes to Killer Mike, who has been shucking and jiving for the NRA. Honey, so Killer Mike went on Joy and Reed's page. And Joy and Reed, you know, she's a professional reader and gatherer like me. She's a hunter gatherer. And she actually posted a picture, said nothing about or to Killer Mike in the picture. She just said, and not to be outdone at, you know, two of my friends who rock the H&M for my Elgin Baylor shoot. Killer Mike wanted to comment and say, so me doing about an interview about black gun ownership with the NRA is bad. But you promoting a company that tagged a black child a monkey is good, cool, and acceptable. Okay. Check. Woo! And that's St. Joy and Reed into a reading frenzy. Joy and Reed 
dragged Killer Mike because he was loud and wrong. H&M stood for hair and makeup. She didn't have on an H&M shirt. She actually had on a shirt. I feel like it was by a black designer. And she let him know, why is a grown man beefing in Instagram comments? Are you locked out of Twitter? She also let him know that H&M stood for hair and makeup. And she dragged him and let him know that things are good over in the Reed camp because she didn't buy her shirt at retail. She got it directly from the designer. So this week's sit down award is going to go to Killer Mike. No, before you comment. Bye-bye. When it comes to Braxton Family Values, I haven't been doing episode-specific reviews because every episode has been building on each other. This is just honestly a mess. This show has just become such a hindrance to this family. When it comes to um, the show, it's just it's sad. But first, I want to give a congratulations to Tracy and her son. Tracy is becoming a grandma, or as their family calls it, a duchess. So congratulations to Kevin Jr. and his girlfriend. I actually have a friend who knows his girlfriend. Um, so they're doing very, very well. They had their baby shower last week. Congratulations to them. Congratulations to Tony Braxton on being engaged to Birdman. She turned 50. Tony is just such a... She's just such an a even-killed person. She is really the voice of reason with the sisters. She could be the voice of reason, excuse me, but she just stays out of it. And I can't even say I blame her. Now, when it comes to this whole fiasco with Tamar and Vince, and Vince putting his hands on Tamar, quote-unquote, allegedly, I wholeheartedly believe that Vince be knocking Tamar out because I do not believe that Miss Evelyn would get on there and cry and lie about what was happening. And... A lot, of the, a lot of people feel that the sisters haven't been as supportive as they should be. They've been supportive, but at the same time, they've said, let's not soon forget. Tamar got up and she said she didn't want to talk about Vince Bay anymore because she didn't want Logan to be able to hear it. But as the sisters who have children that are 18 and 17 and 14 and 13 and who were of age, when they were all the sisters have been through divorce except maybe tracy all the sisters have been through a divorce who are of age and could hear auntie tamar calling their dads bums calling their dads nannies and babysitters and computer wizards and cheaters for you to say that people shouldn't disparage you or your sister shouldn't talk about your divorce because you don't want your child to learn and your child is two years ago two years old for you to have talked about their husbands like dogs when their children were 13 and 12 and 14 and 15 and going through middle school and high school and everyone is watching the show for you to say those things about their father and now you're going through your divorce and you expect these women and their children because their children drag Tamar on 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 Instagram as well for you to expect everyone to let it go it's unrealistic I don't think that they should rub it in your face but they should be forced to act like what didn't happen, what happened didn't happen. As far as Tamar and Vince being physically abusive, I just feel like the relationship should end because it's not healthy. And during Tamar and Vince, Tamar even go went so far as to say she felt that Vince had people following her. So it's just time for this marriage to come to a head. It's time for this marriage to end. And as much as I love Miss E, and their father, I feel like them not coming to a mutual place, them not coming to a place of full forgiveness and a place where they can enjoy each other. You know, those beginning years in Braxton Family Values, if you've been watching the show the entire time like I have, were extremely nasty between their parents because this show actually brought the parents back together. And there was times when you could just see how toxic it was between the mom, you know, yelling at the dad. You know, you like to lay it low and spread it wide. Their parents not coming to a, uh, a mutual place has affected their children because every single one of their children has been through divorce at least once or twice. So, Braxton Family Values is is really going through and now the latest scandal with the family is it's becoming a kardashian thing the latest scandal with the family is tawanda and tracy are now suing vince because tawanda and tracy sang on a braxton family value intro 
The Tony Tracy to Wanda Trina Tema and Missy Will. They sung on that and they haven't received any royalties or compensation. When they looked up who owns the song, it was on its own holy by Tamar and Vince. So now you have the sisters suing their soon-to-be ex-brother-in-law. It's a lot going on with the Braxton. So I'll continue to keep watching, keep reviewing. But this actually makes me sad. Usually I'm I'm all for the team, but this actually makes me sad. And I just want them to all come to a mutual place. Now, my Stop the Madness Award this week is going to go to whoever is suing my good sis, Krispy Kreme. Now, people have got together and decided that they want to sue Krispy Kreme because they have Krispy Kreme has made false, com false claims of using natural ingredients. Sweetheart, if you want to eat delicious and nutritious, then you need to go somewhere else. My good sis Krispy Kreme is for those days where you're driving and that red light comes on and you decide that your goals ain't really that important. How dare you come for Krispy Kreme when for year over year they have been letting people know that Dunkin' Donuts is not the best that it can get. I love Krispy Kreme and what y'all won't do is sue my good sis. So this is my... Stop the Madness Award for this week. Alright, so y'all want my Beachella review. Here we go. Listen up. So, um, one when it comes to choreography, um, Beyonce, I know, I have been following Beyonce forever. So, I know pretty much like all of Beyonce's choreography, when she does her dances, I could probably finish them. It was a lot of the same choreography, um, it was a lot of the same choreography, so I didn't really, I wasn't really blown away by that. I definitely enjoyed the Destiny's Child reunion. I always love when she brings Destiny's Child out, but a lot of times that get comp that gets compromised, just like it got compromised at the Super Bowl, because people always find out and people always leak it. So she bought out Destiny's Child. Um, that was still exciting, nonetheless. I love when she bought out Solange. I love seeing her and Solange dance together. When Solange actually did, I think it was Solange was doing Coachella. Beyonce came out and dance with her to losing you so now Beyonce had Solange come out and dance with her and they did um get me body so that was really amazing I love that um and then as far as sororities and fraternities I don't believe in sororities and fraternities I believe that they are demonic they are idolatry and they are a form of putting a god before your god putting an idol before your god and I didn't enjoy that part at all. I didn't think that it was cool or cute. And I think last night the idol was Beyonce, but Beyonce should never be um, a form of idolatry for anyone. So I didn't really enjoy that at all. But what I did enjoy was the band. I love um, live music. I love um, bands. And I thought that her honoring and featuring the band will bring more positive um, lights to HBCUs in face of the Howard scandal. And it also was a homage to New Orleans, a city who, you know, I actually went to New Orleans two years ago, which was what? Uh, Hurricane Katrina happened in 2015. So over 10 years after Hurricane Katrina, and um, Hurricane Katrina happened in 2005, over 10 years after Hurricane Katrina. And it's a city that still needs light, it still needs rebuilding. So by her and Solange bringing so much of that recognition back to New Orleans and even formation, her talking about Hurricane Katrina and featuring that the flood in the formation video, Beyonce making New Orleans the jewel of America again, it was, absolutely phenomenal and I enjoyed it um I enjoyed the dancers costumes when it comes to Beyonce's costumes I enjoyed some of them others I felt like they were they weren't like as innovative as I'm used to Beyonce is the one you know who she is really the queen of stage wear when she wears those other girls follow right after her she you know, she's, she, okay, let's talk about how she had the neoprene knee-high boots on with the latex red bodysuit and a half fur that was made out of red fur, baby. So, when it comes to Beyonce's costumes, I had very high expectations. I just didn't think a lot of them were cute. I especially didn't enjoy the, the, uh, hoodie with the shorts and a snow boot. 
that killed me. I did I just didn't like that at all. But other than that, you know, the show was good. Um when it comes to the whole theme, even if it wasn't sororities and fraternities, take you know, take that away from it. The whole college thing, like it was dope, but at the same time, Beyonce is 35. And when I look at Beyonce's career, I look at it from a whole view because I, I was absolutely a stand of Beyonce. At 35, I don't I think that Beyonce is gonna retire before 40. I don't believe that Beyonce is going to be up there shaking it and doing it at 40 years old. She can, but I don't think that she wants to do that. I think Beyonce wants time with her children. She doesn't want to do that, and that breaks my heart. So in these last couple of years of Beyonce, I just want her to have a more mature concept than college. I want her to take us out and give us just just take us out you know what I mean like as you're sunsetting your career as you're sunsetting not she would never sunset her career as she's sunsetting her touring I want her to have um a more mature concept and I want her to take us places socially like she did with Lemonade I need her next album to be uh amazing and I want her to evolve as an artist and this next era as a 35-year-old woman that's going into sunsetting her touring career cannot be about college and touring. It can't be about college. It can't be about being the hottest girl on the yard. It can't be about that. It can't. Beyonce is more than that. And her career is, is more monumentous than that. She is with the Michael Jacksons and Janet Jacksons of the world. So that concept, it was cute for Beachella, but I don't want that on the run too. I don't want that in her next single tour, and I don't want that at her final closing tour with Jay Z at all. So other than that, Beachella was cute, and Beyonce's what it was great. Beyonce is always going to be great, and members of the Beehive, people think that as members of the Beehive, we just we don't say anything constructive about Beyonce. We don't have a critical view when it comes to her but it's the people who are not in the beehive that sing her praises and don't really like say like yo like that could have been better it's the people who have been in the beehive forever who remember d-day when crazy and love dropped who remember beyonce smacking people off the face of the earth with her musicality and her sexuality and her choreography like me who actually would be like beyonce like that wasn't groundbreaking. It was great, but everything from you was great. What else? And that's that would be my question for Beachella. What else? Now, Chris Brown deleted his Instagram after commenting on a picture of Victor Cruz and Carucci. Carucci is Chris Brown's ex-girlfriend, and now she's dating Victor Cruz, which was a shock to me. I feel that Chris Brown really needs to have a seat. And a lot of the Chris Brown warriors, a lot of people who say, forgive him, forgive him, forgive him. We forgave him, but his bad behavior reminds us of the dumb things that he's done in the past. Now, Chris Brown and Karuchi have a restraining order. Karuchi put out a restraining order on Chris Brown that involves any physical contact, any reaching out to her, as well as social media. Last week, just last week, Chris Brown commented on a post on the shade room of Karuchi and then he posted a, a picture on his page with a coded caption that was obviously aimed for Karuchi and he wanted her to know that he was still thinking about her. Now, Victor Cruz and Karuchi have been posted on the shade room again and Chris Brown post and comment on their picture once more. Now, you violated the restraining order one time. You violated the restraining order the second time with your post. This is the third time you violated the restraining order by commenting on the shade room. Chris Brown's social media can be such a tool for him. He's such an amazingly talented person, but his team needs to take over his social media. Some people don't need to run their own social media. 50 Cent's team had to take over his social media because he was getting out of control. There's a difference between being entertaining and being blog worthy and noteworthy and actually being able to get yourself in legal trouble because of Instagram comments. If Chris Brown and Karuchi had an abusive relationship, this is not funny. It's a form of, of, of pestilence, pestilence, and it's 
it's it's not it's not productive and it's not healthy for Karuchi as she moves on in her life. So Chris Brown, sit down. Sit down. So last but not least, I'm gonna be talking about Khloe Kardashian and Tristan Thompson. So as many of us know, Tristan Thompson was caught cheating with multiple women. He was caught entering and leaving a hotel with one woman and then kissing two women on camera. Khloe Kardashian is pregnant and actually had her baby last weekend and um a lot of people were saying do you feel bad for chloe that was a big debate and so my answer is no i don't i don't believe that chloe stole tristan thompson from jordy c but what i do know to be true is when you date men who you know do not take care of their children and then you expect loyalty from them that's stupid if a man denies the flesh of his flesh and doesn't take care of his firstborn child a son his firstborn son and then you expect him to be loyal to you you're kidding yourself and the way that a man is a father to his first child and his other children is the way he's going to be a father to the rest of his children. I talked about this a long time ago on social media. How a lot of women use the word special in the wrong way. Instead of saying I'm special enough to be with someone who loves me. To be with someone who cares for me. To be with someone who doesn't deny the flesh of his flesh, his child. You take special and you use it in a way that's negative. You say, I know he doesn't take care of his child, but he'll take care of mine because I'm special. I know he's a cheater, but he won't cheat on me because I'm special. If you're going to say that you're special, use it in a way to find somebody who treats you like you're special. So I don't feel bad for Khloe Kardashian at all because she had no problem flaunting her baby butt with a man who left his last girlfriend, Jordy C, in her third trimester and doesn't care for his first, op, first child. And now that that's being done to her, I don't feel bad for her. The same way I didn't feel bad for Aniko when she went from being a side chick to the wife and got surprised when her position was open. So no, I don't feel bad at all for Khloe Kardashian. I don't wish ill on them. Jordy C even posted on her story and said, I don't wish ill on them. But you get who you're with. And when you know who you're with, don't be surprised when they act like who you're with. Bye. So as y'all can see, this was a big week for pop culture. Let me know what y'all think. Leave a comment, rate, subscribe, review, everything. Share with two friends, three friends, five friends. Let me know exactly how you feel about the podcast. And until next week, stay blessed, stay lit, stay black, stay urban.